I'm John Miglosh for the WDMA, giving you news and information from all over the world today. Or whatever. Anyway, let's take off. Let's go see what's in the news. I ran across this, you know, again, in the uh, in the unusual ads you probably won't see on uh, Adland, <clears throat> which is one of my favorite sources for unusual advertising. We'll get to that in a second. But we'll start with just, here's the first ad, and this is the, uh, the Tooth Fairy, and she wants to get an electric car. Out there. That electric vehicles are really expensive, but electricforall.org can help you find a new EV for a lot less than you think. And how would you like to pay for that today? Teeth. Teeth. <laughs> At 25 cents a piece, that would be thousands and thousands of dollars. Is this blood on this tooth? Yeah, Billy was a fighter. Don't believe the myths. Visit electricforall.org. Okay, and I still don't quite understand that, but using myths to dispel myths, that's a kind of a stretch, as we were talking about yesterday in the ad briefs. Someone might want to ask, does, does a myth speaking against a myth cancel it out? Or do we just decide the whole thing's a myth and we don't want to listen to any of it? Here's another one. This one is uh, for a hydrogen charging station, for a hydrogen vehicle. And it's got a fake store over here and some other stuff there. I think it's basically all fake. But here... There's a myth out there the judge. that EVs are complicated. But the shopping tool on electricforall.org has hydrogen vehicles that fill up in just minutes. Can we take it home, Daddy? Please? Yeah, Daddy. Please? So anyway, the unicorn is showing how easy it is to fill up a hydrogen vehicle as if the person who bought the hydrogen vehicle, but, uh, you know, but again, it was a fake, it was a fake filling station for hydrogen. I didn't even know there were hydrogen cars. I know they've been talking about them for decades, but I didn't think there were any. I've never seen a hydrogen filling station. So I looked them up. I found out there's one in San Diego. Right here so if you have it's not even in San Diego it's considerably north of San Diego there's one in Santa Barbara and there's about two dozen in the LA area but don't try to drive over to San Bernardino or Palm Springs and we can zoom out and we can see there's some up in San Francisco there's none in any other state in the United States, the whole rest of the country, there's one, two, three, four, five, six, a couple of them up here in Vancouver. Uh, you be the judge. I think maybe they should leave off the hydrogen vehicles, eh, but maybe they're just doing TV spots in California. But even California isn't well serviced, as you can see. So, you know, if you already have two or three extra cars and you want to add a, a hydrogen, yeah, be my guest. Anyway, let's get to the real news. I like to look up perf Ad Week because they have this performance marketing section that I look at every day. So this was in here from Miles Klieger. I didn't know who Miles was. We'll, we'll reach out to Miles. And 
he contends that personalization and privacy can live under one roof. And unlike most of the articles that I reference, these links are dead. They did not work. So I will include uh, some of the some of the articles that Miles refers to. Um, these are two locked Adweek articles and. I always hope that David will, will will give me a complimentary subscription so I can look at some of those locked articles. I'm pretty clever about getting to articles on Adweek, but sometimes it just isn't worth the trouble when it's referenced by a reference by a reference. Um, but one of the articles on the data privacy was about federal legislation that allowed consumers to to uh, file lawsuits against big tech companies. What was interesting to me was that, you know, direct mail isn't the big tech companies, right? And one of the printers that's uh, in David Rosendahl's group, uh, he and I and, um, and I think it was Joe from Mindfire did a, did a group call, video call. And, um, and he pointed out that, that mail is largely unregulated by uh, these privacy, by this privacy legislation, you know, the CCPA, the GDPR. The GDPR has some things about mail, but and and uh, one of the largest retailers in the UK deleted all their data, all their first-party data for their customers that hadn't ordered in more than 12 months, thinking that they were not able to use it uh, to analyze who wanted to get mailed. But besides them, the rest of the mailers got together and went to the uh, governing authorities and said, we have a compelling interest in remailing our customers. They've been mailed. We've been mailing for 40 years. They're used to getting mail. They like to get the mail. They can opt out if they want to. And the GDPR governing authority said, okay, sure, fine. <laughs> now, don't do that with email because you'll get a big, huge, anic $70,000, fine or worse. So when Miles talks about privacy and consumers' desire for more privacy, you need to know that he's talking mainly about Privacy with respect to cookies, with respect to third-party, third-party cookies especially, but with respect to um, with respect to email and retargeting and chasing you around the internet. That that's what where his focus lies, and direct mail is largely not mentioned. CCPA, you know, doesn't say anything really about mail. Uh, so don't overreact, don't panic, don't erase all your first-party data. That is probably the main solution. I think, secondly, this personalized experience, you know, I've talked extensively on the fact that what are our expectations? You know, when you look at, when I go on YouTube every day, I love YouTube channels. I learn so much from so many good channels like Smarter Every Day and others. I learn a lot. 
I subscribe to something like a hundred channels. Most of them don't post that much. I wish they did, but they don't. So it always gives me a variety of things to watch in my leisure at night. <laughs> You'd think YouTube would have me figured out. How many times do I see a a piece of content that I have not subscribed to that I'm interested in? Almost never. No. Why? Because they don't understand why I'm watching what I'm watching. You know, if they see something that I'm watching on astronomy, they think it's general astronomy, you know, or biology or geog geology or whatever it is. They, they, they don't have the context. They don't know me, you know. And, you know, ESPN, I brought this up dozens of times, you know, I, I go on ESPN every day, check the scores. I use my phone, one of the few places I regularly use my phone because I don't have to re-log in as I do when I go on my browser. And ESPN keeps me posted on the Women's Professional Basketball Association. And I don't care. And a host of other sports that I also don't care about. My feed is full of information in ESPN that I don't care about. But there's a button that says scores and I hit that. And that gives me what I'm more or less what I'm looking for. Sometimes it doesn't go where I expect and sometimes it gives me it, it takes me to games that have already finished two or three days ago. It doesn't it isn't perfect, but at least I miss all of that information that they're trying to personalize to my taste. I have no idea why. Much simpler would be uh, keeping data on what I'm not interested in. Let me check boxes of all the sports that they feature on the, on the feed that I don't want to know about. Just don't care. You know, I like the Premier League, but that doesn't mean I want to see the scores in Germany or France or Italy or somewhere else, you know, just not, or in the United States soccer. I don't care about that either. I like the Premier League. I don't know why. <laughs> I've come to follow it, you know, when I got sick of the NFL. So anyway, personalization, personalized experience, I think has a lower bar for mail also. Because when we get a piece of mail, I mean, besides the fact that it has our, it has our name and address on it, I mean, they all do that. The rest of it's printed. We think, oh, it's printed, you know. I don't, there's nothing else on this that I can see. You know, sometimes I'll see my company name somewhere else or something. But, you know, I don't have a high expectation. When I get the Land's End catalog, which is right over here because I'm still looking at it. You know, I mean, this is men's and women's. It's wonderful. No QR code on the front, none on the back, you know. I'm connected with the creative director. <laughs> I keep saying, why don't you try some? Just put it, put it. Now here, wait. Scan this code to check out the full collection. So they are catching up. See that? Down here in the lower corner. Scan that QR code. And it's a legitimate looking QR code, not hidden in the... And this is a, connect, a collection from some... Um, Blake Sheldon, I don't know who that is. That's a new, he's kind of a designer guy. And 
I think he's a musician. Where's the stuff on stage? I don't see a lot of QR codes. But anyway, but the point is, they don't make any effort to personalize it. I can find the section that I like. I go to the back. The menswear is always in the back. <laughs> and I find what I'm looking for. Is it personalized to me? No. I wear Lands End turtlenecks. All I want is turtlenecks and fleeces. I can't hardly ever find the fleeces. I don't even see the turtlenecks. They're, they'll, they'll come along. You know, it's starting to be starting to be chilly. It was in the 40s today. Great stuff. So lands in turtleneck right here. Yeah. They personalized knowing that I'll look at the catalog. Look at that. How much engagement was that? That was more than a thousand digital ads right there. But my expectations are lower. So if you really want to reconcile personalization and privacy, consider mail. That's one of those hidden benefits that people don't that people don't recognize. And on that note, I ran across this from Adweek just today. I can go to a conference featuring the experts in digital marketing. There's still time to save to save on your past to next tech and get your marketing prepared for the future. Featuring the experts in digital marketing. Now, we've just pointed out that if you really want to reconcile your privacy and your personalization, that mail may be the way to do it. Your customers may have less expectation. You may be able to give them more information than they're expecting also. Instead of trying to figure out what the next item they're going to buy, give them a selection. There's a lot of things in here I like that I didn't. You know, I hadn't, hadn't encountered with Land's End. Okay, but, you know, not to beat a dead horse. How about how about David Kaplan? Why don't you have a Y-Mail conference? No one else is going to <laughs> on this <laughs> from Miles. Okay, contradictory expectations. Uh, but Miles is a believer that privacy and personalization can have a happily ever after. Interesting grammar. Anyway, um, so then he mentions a, a recent consumer survey from Braze in partnership with Dynadata. Dynadata. He's and he points out that while 49% said data privacy or feeling their data is protected is of more value than personalization, 53% said they wanted a unique and personalized experience. Now we've already talked about the difficulties of that, and if you go back. To last week's shows, uh, you'll find one, or the week before, but just recent. You can look it up. Uh, you can get the information on WDMA, and they're all up on, on uh, they're all up on YouTube, and very easy to index. But anyway, or look at my posts. I went into great detail about how personalization is impossible. Now, I actually went and read some of the articles that Miles is referencing. Here's how transparency can help consumers understand the balance between privacy and personalization. And it gives the same interesting lots and lots and lots of percentages. And the conclusion, what does this mean for brands? Consumers want their privacy but expect personalization. It's almost a 50-50 split between these two ideas, which we just noticed. And I started thinking, hmm, this article sounds curiously like 
the article in Adweek. Then there was also this nifty download that I actually registered for. And it has great diagrams and it talks about what you can actually do with your data and how it all fits together and how you can rank your users that this Terry Schaefer was looking for a wrap skirt. She's abandoned her cart and has eight items in it. And this is her favorite collection. And Milo Schwartz has 12 items in their cart but hasn't abandoned them. So maybe they're just on there right now. And here's their phone numbers and stuff. That's kind of scary. <laughs> right? That somebody can bring this up and just see what they're about. Okay? Uh, but you can collect that data as first-party data. And uh, But, you know, when we do analysis with first-party data, we don't look at individuals at all. Because it's noise. You know, and you don't know what they're going to do next. And most of them have only ordered once. And maybe browse around every now and then. It's very, 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 very difficult to synthesize trends and causal connections from individual data. So we aggregate it and we find general principles. We find out that people who are interested in turtlenecks might also buy a pair of jeans. <laughs> and that can work, you know. Uh, although a lot of times it doesn't. I, I browsed some whiskey glasses on a website and I got an I got an invitation on their email to explore a bug vacuum. I called them up, asked them how that worked. <laughs> they said, "Oh, their email service figures that stuff out." Okay? And so then they talk about how you can actually put people's names in their in their promotions and you can talk to them about events and you can have conditional logic. And all this stuff is from the Braze. And then I realized, I looked up Miles, and I found out that Miles has actually taken much of his information for this Adweek article from the articles from the Braze, and he happens to be the president. It doesn't say that unless you click on his link inside of Adweek and find out his background. But he's the president of Braze, and so this is basically a piece, like most of them, that's, that explains to you why, I mean, it's basically a white paper for, for a, a data company. And I don't do that sort of thing, but I thought I'd let you know. Um, and Adweek has promoted it quite highly. And I think they should be promoting mail more. So, David, <laughs> feel free to comment, share across your network. You know, I'm a big fan of Adweek, but I wish you'd do more with mail. Have a great day. Like and share. Your friends will know you're smart. Bye-bye.